Well, it'll just be you, me, and Nick. Spencer, you always get all the answers. I'm kind of a big deal. Well, let me hear the music, Colin. Take it away. It's time for the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10. Let's mix it up with a breakdown of some local, regional, and national sports with Spencer Dupuis, Nick Verzellini, and Colin McLaughlin. Good afternoon and welcome in to this Friday, March 24th edition of the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10. Brought to you part by the Brown Funeral Home and Cremations. Robert Fields and Sons, a family-owned full-service funeral home that has proudly served our area since 1880. Spencer Bunick, Verzellini, Colin McLaughlin, happy to have you with us here. Intern producing today, uh, a, uh, Gerald Wright. It is his final day as an intern with us uh, short-lived internship this uh, year but uh, Gerald your last day your thoughts I'm proud that I got an opportunity to come work at WRNR there we go he I'm survived yeah. yeah yeah Gerald is right like in front of us one of my favorite interns that we have had here <laughs> I appreciate that. <laughs> I like how he phrased one of my favorite. We've only had two. Exactly. Really. I, I don't have favorites, but he's one of my favorite. All right. Okay. Well, Gerald, last day, uh, what's your, been your favorite part about your internship with us? Um, the little conversations that we've had on air, like professional sports, like NFL, basketball, just little things like that. Also covering the games. I enjoy watching y'all do the play-by-plays and things like that. So I'm appreciate I'm, I appreciate that you guys allowed me to come on board with y'all. Now you're moving on to bigger and better things. Might be back on the gridiron next fall. Yeah. That'd Stay nice. tuned for that. Mm-hmm. He hasn't made a final decision yet. Gerald, you would if you were to play next season and you know get playing time. Obviously, you know I want to be able to call a Gerald Wright sack. I think that'd be super cool. I could be like my intern, just sack the quarterback, free Strasburg. Like yeah. We got a pick six. You could go Kyle Smith. You know, yeah. get up there. Mm-hmm. So like, these are things to consider if you do return in Coach McCook. You know, you got to give this guy some PT. Right. Um, <laughs> I definitely miss football. Um, now that I have more time on my hands, I'm definitely going to be training. You know, lifting weights back on the field. So we'll see what happens. Yeah, still I guess we'll football. see you next Tuesday at the the pro day. Yeah. All right. Well, before we get in the show, I want to give a quick shout out to uh, my mother. It's her birthday today. Happy birthday, Mama. See you tomorrow. Uh, let's get into Happy the show. Happy birthday, Carol. Miss Dupuis. Happy birthday. Happy birthday, Mrs. Dupuis. Yeah. Why do you got to be disrespectful and not <laughs> call her Mrs. Dupuis? Come on. I thought we were on a first name basis. I've been to your guys' house. That's if true. not, I apologize. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I'm just messing with you. Let's get into the show today. Uh, we'll first start out with uh, the Class Quad A boys and girls state basketball teams. They've been released. Uh, we got a uh, one on the first team. For boys, Jamari Jenkins, the sophomore, uh, is it, I believe these are the averages of the points per game, 15.7. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Uh, second team includes Caleb Thomas from Spring Mills. Honorable mentions include Avion Blackwood of Martinsburg, Jaden Gladney of Jefferson, Matt Mahood of Musselman, Caleb Robinson of Spring Mills, Will Shively of Jefferson, and Cam Wilkes of Hedgesville. Shout out to all those guys. And, uh, you know, it's kind of interesting. Will Shively was an honorable mention. Yeah, that's the one that I was about to bring up when you just mentioned it. Surprised that he's not a first team or second team, just the way he performed all season long and especially uh, shined in the tournament games there in states. I believe he's been first and second team before in his uh, three years as a 
starter there at Jefferson. So, you know, he has certainly been recognized among the elite players in the state before. But, you know, it, he did take a little bit of a step back, I think, this year in terms of not that he uh, declined as a player at all, but I think he let the younger guys in Jenkins and uh, Gladney really shine as the main scorers at times. Um, and, and he kind of took more of a leadership role didn't have as big of a scoring season still averaged 13 and a half points per game or so uh, but at times did let those guys kind of flourish as well so um, you know I think Will has an argument to be on one of the first two teams but you know there's a lot of good players in the state uh, at the 4A level and throughout so um, you know it's a tough team to make it on and, and to see Jamari make it as only a sophomore is pretty impressive we'll see if he can continue to elevate his game I think Jaden Gladney's got a chance to join him on either the first or second team next year so uh you know I think I think that that was the only one that really was like he got left off and you were a little bit surprised maybe Chase Shipley not being an honorable mention is a little bit surprising yeah considering he was first team all EPEC I believe so uh, obviously, you know, different people voting on those, but yeah, see, it's hard. What I think it's hard is like where I grew up, they would have the district teams or conference teams, whatever the alignment was that year. Then they'd be the regional teams and then there'd be the state teams. I think that the reason there's a lot of honorable mentions is because the way the basketball has their regions is that your region is basically your conference. Yeah. In most points, it's a smaller state. Yeah. You know, less schools, less teams, less kids. So, the way they do things is a little bit different than maybe some of the bigger states, but um, I, I thought that was interesting. No Shipley there on the honorable mention mm-hmm. list. That would be one that definitely stood out to you. I'm trying to think if there's anybody else. I mean, maybe Christian Bolduc, but he didn't score as much as he did last year yeah. uh, for Hedgesville. Maybe even Jackson Ruest you can make an argument for. Uh, but again, those guys at Hedgesville weren't really all about their scoring. So Cam Wilkes' numbers stand out the most when you're voting. Um, but those are obviously quality players that uh, could play with you know some of the other best players in the state. So you know those are just a few names that you you would maybe think about for potential guys to get on. Uh, I think if uh, Wollston played a whole season, he would have been honorable mention. Oh, no doubt. No doubt about that. I, I, I do believe no doubt. I think he'd be on there. Yeah. Let's move on to the girls' team. First team All-State. Kyla Dandridge represents, uh, unfortunately, no second team, but a few honorable mentions. Lexi Adams of Washington, Olivia Bolduke of Spring Mills, Keynes Bradley of Martinsburg, Mackenzie Brezovic of Jefferson, Reagan Edsel of Spring Mills, Kyla Fitzpatrick of Martinsburg, and Mary Rivera of Washington. Uh a lot of great talent in the state, but I do think Reagan Etzel, as a freshman, deserved to be at least second team. I think her, as well as Olivia Bolduke, both got snubbed. I personally put Bolduke as a second team and Reagan Edsel also up there with Kylie Dandridge as a first team. I mean, a freshman that averaged a double-double each game is deserving of first team all-state also, on an undefeated the- regular season team that upset a team in the first round of the state tournament and should have won their next game but unfortunately just ran out of gas i think she had 17 rebounds in one of the state tournament games yeah she's a phenomenal player and a tremendous athlete and i cannot wait to see her just 
use this as another motivational chip on her shoulder to shine for the next three years. Yeah, I mean, obviously it's tough. You know, we don't know all the stats for all the players across the state, but based on what we've seen, uh, Reagan Etzel looks like a, a player that could definitely be considered for first or second team all state. Um, she gets honorable mention as a freshman too. I think I think that hurts too sometimes. Uh, you know, people don't always give respect toward the freshman. So um, she's definitely a very good player. You know, I don't think. Uh, her being honorable mention is necessarily disrespectful. I think it's, it's you know, it's, it's still a great honor. Yeah, and it's still tough to, you know, like I said, there's a lot of good players, you know, and, and it's tough to make a first or second team when there's only so many spots available. I, I, I definitely think, you know, based on what we saw, that she's probably better than a lot of players that did make the second team potentially. Uh, because you know she can do so many different things, but she's also a player that you have to see a lot of, and um, to really, I guess, see that value. And, and with the spring middle schedule, the rest of the state didn't see their players as much uh, this past year. So maybe that's why Dandridge was the only one that got a nomination on the first or second team because, well, the rest she of the had twenty five points in one of those them. state tournament games. And, yeah, she played great yeah. in the tournament. So I think that makes some sense, but I mean, Bullduke and uh, Etzel are definitely talented players, and Spring Mills has a lot of talented players, and they're definitely going to be uh, around for another few years at least of being dominant, if not for uh, the, as long as Coach Goss is there, because he seems to have built a pretty consistent program. Yeah, he really has, and uh, congratulations to all the players recognized here from the Eastern Panhandle Athletic Conference on the Boys and Girls All-State uh, quad A teams. We'll wrap looks wrong outro, wrong thing there. We'll wrap things up for this segment here. We're gonna run a little longer on that. So when we come back, we'll talk uh games that we had last night or games that were last night, game we had softball wise last night. And then uh, we'll talk uh high school football schedule changes we were made aware of this week. We'll talk about that once we return. Segment sponsored in part by Parsons Ford, Kent Parsons Ford, and Martinsburg. They became number one by making you number one first. Go to ParsonsFord.com for more. We'll be back. Talk more local sports here after this two-minute break. These days of dark. With four new car dealerships and four used car dealerships in three states, Parsons is the largest used car and fastest-growing new car dealer in the tri-state area. Take Parsons Ford with huge savings on hundreds of new Fords, financing from 0%, Parsons' goal of financing for all, and Parsons' famous above-market trade-in allowances that help make Parsons number one for used cars, too. See why so many won't buy anywhere but Parsons Ford in Martinsburg. We became number one by making you number one first. Parsons. At the Berkeley County Health Department, our motto is prevent, promote, protect. Since 1935, our mission has been to provide clinical and environmental services to protect the health of the general public. We're committed to building public health in our community by offering a wide range of services, including blood pressure screening, breast and cervical screening, family planning, counseling, lab testing, and more. We perform health inspections to make sure the restaurants you visit are clean, and we prepare and coordinate plans to respond to all hazards. The Berkeley County Health Department, 122 Waverly Court, Martinsburg. 
The Eastern Panhandle Home Builders Association would like to thank Smoots, Petty Pest Control, Sleepy Creek Sunrooms, H&H Well Drilling, the Hornby Media Group, Made in the Shade, Panhandle Homes, W. Harley Miller Systems, Modern Renovations, Negley's Clean Water, Rankin Remodeling, Nicely Pools LLC, and the Eastern Panhandle Board of Realtors for being gold sponsors and Bristol Springs Custom Homes, Modern Realty Results, Advanced Concrete Systems, Leaf Filter Gutter Protection, Milestone Solar, Cumberland Valley, and ABC Supply Company for being silver sponsors of the 26th Annual Home Show. The Palace Lounge in Martinsburg is the place to be. Join us every night to relax and enjoy football or basketball games featuring either the Martinsburg Bulldogs, Shepherd University Rams, or West Virginia Mountaineers. We will have steak night every Wednesday, trip nights every Thursday, and now taco and margarita nights every Tuesday. You can find us on Facebook or call 304-267-7520. The Palace Lounge is located at 1350 Edwin Miller Boulevard in Martinsburg. You're tuned in to the Sports Mix with Spencer and Nick on Talk Radio WRNR 106.5 FM, AM 740 and TV 10. Welcome back to this edition of the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10. Spencer, Nick, and Colin, happy to have you with us here. Bless you, Nick. Thank you. As we're back here, we'll talk some uh, EPAC softball action from last night. Colin, you were on the call, and it was a, honestly, I want to say it was an all-time classic softball game. It was a 2-1 win for Jefferson, but in a pretty cool way, I think that was a very good softball game for these two opponents. Yeah, it was a great time. I correct me if i'm wrong it was the uh home opener for yes jefferson so i had a ceremony at the beginning with uh the athletic director david beans uh throwing out a first pitch just to honor the uh state champion team from last year for jefferson and getting to play washington so a county rival a team that you fucked out of the section in the championship in double elimination fashion and two teams that respect each other but at the same time believe from last year and you heard it in the interview with Christina Franco that they're the two best teams in the state and a lot of people there believe that as well and unfortunately only one could come out of the section if that wasn't the case and it was more like maybe basketball and both of those teams got to represent the region in the state they both believe that it would have been those two playing for the state championship and we we got to see a great game last night a pitcher's duel very low scoring affair which is has been a common theme for these two teams when they've been meeting as of late and it was very emotional and a very fun game to be a part of yeah i think anytime you have uh two quality teams and quality pitching you're gonna see low scoring games where it comes down to just you know one or two great plays from the offenses Uh, and that's what we saw last night and what was a fun and exciting game um I thought that the pregame gesture by Jefferson acknowledging that they believe that Washington is their not only toughest competition, and, and or at least last year they believed they were not only their toughest competition but uh, in the area but in the entire state. Uh, I thought that was a nice you know acknowledgement there of that rivalry, but also the fact that they respect each other. And the uh, crowd was really good, which was kind of uh, different than what we've seen early in the year here for baseball. Um, you know the crowds were pretty intense there was a good student section on the jefferson side of uh 
you know, baseball players that were making their way over from the baseball game. So, you know, that was pretty fun. And uh, yeah, and we even saw some Washington players after their game at Washington come to Jefferson to see the end of the game. Yeah, so that was cool. That Interesting. Students were out there uh, supporting their teammates and probably helped out too that pretty much all the Friday games got moved to last night, so nobody had a game tomorrow or anything. Yeah. So, you know, you could be out there and yeah. enjoying some nice weather too. It was pretty warm last night. Let's hear uh, Colin's interview with Coach Waters. Congrats on the win tonight. It was really a late one there with a two-run home run, but overall, what would you like from your team? Um, I think they played um, tough defensively, um, and I was just got done telling them that when we were um, selecting good pitches, that we were hitting them. We were placing good, um, good balls and plays on good pitches, um, obviously needing to um, wait back on the changeup and um, lay off the rise ball. Um, but um, I thought they had a good collective win. Always seems like when you and Washington do battle, it's a close affair no matter what. Uh, just talk about the rivalry, how much it means to your program with two uh, very talented teams getting to go at it multiple times throughout the year. Yeah, it's always exciting playing them. Um, I know when I first kind of came into the program, um, they were definitely the, the better team, and we won close playoff game but um here recently it's just been a battle every time we see them and um that's good softball and it, and it's exciting to play on both ends let's talk about here your pitcher tonight and becca munslow getting the complete game looking at the box score here only allowing three hits the one run as well as six strikeouts so as usual a great night from her yeah she always does great on the mound um it's still early for her in the season. I anticipate her to just continue to get better and uh, really just dominate on the mound. Uh, but she does good. She holds her composure. Um, even when things get tough for her at the plate or things get tough for the team in the field, um, she just knows how to step up and, and really get it done. And last but not least, before we have her come on, just talk about uh, your catcher and Christina Franco and how big of a moment that was to get the win with the two-run homer. Oh, yeah. That was obviously a big, big moment for her, and um, she was doing a great job at um, starting with her second at-bat, um, just being a little more selective at the plate and um, waiting back and driving the ball um, the opposite direction, um, you know, slightly opposite um, opposite side home run. So that's good. She really had to keep her weight back and drive the ball um, and see the ball for that, and um, she stayed selective, not swinging at any junk. So she did a good job. All right, Coach Waters, congrats on the win. Thank you for your time this evening as well. We'll have you swap you. off here with Franco as we'll have Dylan send her over now. 2-1 win again for the Jefferson Cougars tonight as they defeat the Washington Patriots as we wait for Chloe Count, or excuse me, for... Christina Franco to put on the headset now. You all good there, Christina? Yes, sir. Congrats on the win. You got a two-run home run to make the difference. Uh, just talk about that moment and how excited you were uh, I was through it all. I was extremely excited. Uh, thank you so much, by the way. But um, I don't know. I just felt like this is our year to really prove that we won states because there's a lot of chatter about uh, they got lucky. Uh, Washington was just having a bad day, you know. Um, and I think that this is now our chance to really prove that we won that. Um, last year I was DH. This was, that was my only job, just to hit, hit the ball, make it go. But, um, yeah, I do think that 
extremely excited, actually. I was thinking I'd pee myself a little bit. But <laughs> <laughs> Is this your first home run? No, sir. No. Okay. Um, but, yeah, it was just the more pressure, the better, I feel like. And it's always even more exciting in a rivalry such as this between you guys and uh, Washington. Just talk a little bit about just how much that adds to the motivation and the emotion of it all. It does add to the motivation. Um, this morning, my um, my English teacher, Miss Bickers, uh, for listening, I love you, but um, she gave me a note today. Um, I hit my first home run against Martinsburg the other day, and like of the season. And uh, she gave me a note that said, I see you working. Um, I'm proud of you. And I just really used that as motivation today, plus the fact that it's Washington. I mean... It's either them going to states or it's us. So, I mean, no props to them for having a really solid team. But I do think that we need to use the fact that people think that we got lucky last year's motivation. It's a whole team win, obviously. Uh, just talk about how well put together you guys are and how excited you are for the season to come. Absolutely. Um, I love the fact that we have such a supportive team in general. Um, they're all they're all extremely um, – we're, we're a pretty tight-knit group this year. Same as last year, actually. Last year was a pretty tight-knit group. Um I'm just really proud of everybody for staying loud and proud. Uh, that's been our little struggle recently. Like, we just got to stay loud, getting people. And, yeah, just the fact that we all support each other really helps out. All right, Christina, thank you for your time again. Congrats on the win. We'll let you go. Thank you so much. Celebrate with your team. It looks like they might uh, be waiting. All right. That was Colin catching up with head coach Des Waters as well as Christina Franco, who hit the two-run shot in the bottom of the sixth inning to make it a 2-1 lead, and that was a final last night, 2-1, as the Cougars got the win over their cross-county rivals in Washington. Uh, other softball games last night, Spring Mills improved to 4-1 and 3-0 and in the conference with a 15-0 Mercy Rule victory over Martinsburg. Um, to move over to baseball, last night in EPAC baseball, Martinsburg 10-run ruled Spring Mills 11-1. Carson Buber got the start on the mound, went four innings, giving up two hits, one run while striking out four. He helped himself out by going two for four at the plate with three RBIs. The Bulldogs now 4-0, 2-0 in the conference. Cardinals fall to 1-3 and 1-1 and in the conference. Talking to Trip Tobin, he was there last night. I actually got off the phone with him around 1130. Uh, he... Had you know he wanted to see Bromwell. Bromwell was in action for Spring Mills, and uh, it was a lot of defensive mistakes for Spring Mills as Bromwell only gave two earned runs, but I believe seven or eight, eight. runs were tacked against nine total. Nine total. When yeah, he was pitching. Yeah. Okay. So it was a lot of defensive mistakes behind him, but he said he looked pretty well and pretty good on the mound. He said he wanted to see him pitch because he hadn't seen him pitch yet. Yeah, and it seems like a lot of. The things eight that hits, we talked about. Not, nine hits, eight runs. Okay. Yeah. That's what it was then. But uh, it, it seems like a lot of the things that we talked about with Spring Mills last year is still an issue. You know, when they had Chase Herndon pitching, they had a good chance to win. It seems like when Bromwell's pitching, you know, he gives them a chance, but then your defense doesn't pick you up uh, behind your pitcher. So still a lot of development. It looks like the Cardinals need to go through this year uh, based on the early season results. Um you know, I think they are slightly better than last year, uh, but you know you need to lift up the uh, the other or the other guys need to lift up their starting pitcher when he gives you a, a pretty quality start. Uh, you giving up a lot of errors there obviously doesn't help the guy on the mound. So you need good defense, you need good pitching, you need good hitting, and that's why uh, you know you, we kind of took that in consideration when looking at the. Um, result early in the season when Spring Mills knocked off Musselman, you know, you had to have uh, 
a complete team effort here moving forward for Spring Mills, and so far they haven't really gotten that. So uh, we'll see if they're able to overcome that. And then back to Jefferson real quick, just because I thought it was an interesting point that uh, they feel like people were disrespecting them. Well, we don't disrespect them, so I don't know who was disrespecting them. But There's more people than just us. <laughs> I guess that's true. Yeah, but we we know that Jefferson didn't get lucky last year, and we know that both them and Washington are really talented teams. It's kind of unfortunate uh, that only one team can represent the EPAC down there at the uh, state tournament because I think both those teams would do a great job. But, um, yeah, I'm looking forward to that sectional matchup, even though it's, you know, down the line here. But I think last night showed the quality of those two teams. Yeah, it really did. Uh, but uh, – Back to Martinsburg here. They will not play tomorrow, obviously, due to all the rain in the area. Homesdale, Pennsylvania will not come down. So their next game will be Monday against Washington. We'll have that game for you. That should be a big game. Washington gets back into the win column last night. They knocked off Williamsport out of Maryland 13-5. to Patriots now 3-3 three and three on the season. I think that was a much-needed win for them after that 10 nothing shutout to uh, Clear Spring and then losing, being shut out against Musselman on Tuesday as well. Uh, you know, looking at the box score, it was a good night for Dunbar, Clem. They both had two RBIs. Colin Reed, Cam Moore had added one RBI, but two hits apiece for Clem, Reed, and Moore, as well as Earl and McCarthy. McCarthy went on, was on the mound, went four innings, three earned, two strikeouts, 52 pitches. Brad Smedic came in for three innings, gave up five hits, one run, one earned, one walk, two strikeouts. So Washington uh, getting a much-needed win, and then it'll be – Tough one against Martinsburg on Monday, which we'll have for you. Yeah, I know we talk a lot about Musselman and Hedgesville with how much experience they have coming back this year, but you cannot forget about Washington in that category as well. It's just been, for us, really tough to get a true read on how this team is going to be this season because of the lack of EPAC teams that we've got to see them play. So I'm really looking forward to finally getting to see them next week weather permitting to finally get a look at just how good this washington team can potentially be yeah well so far i mean they've struggled against some of their tougher competition they lost to clear spring out of maryland uh was it 10 to 1 i believe and then 10 nothing 10 nothing okay then jefferson or and then muscle shut them out for nothing so their bats haven't been as good against uh tougher levels of competition we'll see if that kind of turns around from washington uh, they definitely, you know, have Cam Moore. They have uh, Colin Reed. So those are two guys that you know can hit the ball really well. Uh, Dunbar's a solid player. So they have good talent throughout that lineup, but they haven't risen to their competition yet. But maybe they start to do that against Martinsburg. So uh, I still think Washington's a good team. I think they'll be in the mix. Uh, they'll challenge Jefferson. They'll challenge uh if they were able to make it to a regional, they'll they'll challenge that team. But it does seem like um, they're, they're maybe not as good as we hoped, but um, I think they'll still be pretty good. Yeah, I do as well. Jefferson, they got a win last night in baseball, beat Mountain Ridge out of Maryland 8-2. to two. They're now 3-1. and one. That was a big bounce-back win for them uh, after – where uh, falling to Martinsburg in the you know two straight wins I believe in a row. Yep. They now sit at three and one. They'll they're supposed to take on 
be at Moorfield tomorrow for a doubleheader. Not sure if that's still on or not with the impending rain this afternoon, obviously coming down, and then tomorrow as well. Uh, but there'll be uh, next week three conference games at uh, versus Hedgesville Monday, Musselman Tuesday, and then at Washington for that rivalry next Friday. And then they'll go to Morgantown next Saturday to take on Morgantown. That'll be a big game as well. Uh, but it's a, a big, tough week. Big, big week coming up for the Cougars next week, guys. Always is. Yeah, uh, that's what I was going to say. You know, Jefferson doesn't really avoid anybody. They want to play a tough schedule, uh, and they're, they're willing to travel to do so uh, in, in order to get a, you know, team that's ready to compete come uh, the end of the year. All right, well, that will do it for this segment of the Sports Mix, brought to you in part by Orsini's Home Store, not just appliance store any longer. Cabinets and designer bedding after living in his family-owned and operated right here in Martinsburg at 360 Hack Wilson Way. Go to Orsini's.com. And Laura Lee, you're checking it on Facebook. We're talking all about that Jefferson-Washington softball game. We had that for you on TV10, WRNR TV on YouTube. Had played the interviews back for postgame. After the show concludes, you can go back on Facebook and watch uh, our recap of it as well as hear the interviews from last night. Uh, when we get back, we'll talk high school football play, or excuse me, I guess schedule changes that were, were made to take place starting in 2023. You're tuned into the Sports Mix on Talk Radio. WRNR TV 10 back in two minutes. Hi, this is Lauren from Orsini's right here in Martinsburg. Grilling is not just for the boys. We are a platinum Traeger dealer carrying the Pro Series all the way up to the Timberline Series. We have every flavor of wood pellets along with accessories, rubs, sauces, not just Traeger. We carry Utz, Meat Church, Lanes, and Dizzy Pig. We also carry a full line of Yeti products. Orsini's has everything to complete your backyard. Visit us at 360 Hack Wilson Way or at Orsini's.com. Whether it's a strain, sprain, or fracture, WVU Medicine Orthopedics and Sports Medicine in Charlestown and Spring Mills now offer same-day appointments. No referral is needed unless required by your insurance carrier. WVU Medicine Orthopedics and Sports Medicine offers the exceptional care you expect for the injuries you don't. For same-day appointments at WVU Medicine Orthopedics and Sports Medicine, call 304-725-BONE. Shenandoah Community Health continues to offer COVID vaccinations and clinics each Saturday throughout the Martinsburg and Winchester areas. The COVID vaccinations and boosters are free to anybody age 12 and up. To find out more, call 304-263-4999 or visit Shenandoah Community Health's website. Get your COVID vaccination or booster free to anybody age 12 and up at any of the Saturday clinics hosted by Shenandoah Community Health in the Martinsburg and Winchester areas. Call 304-263-4999 today. Catch the excitement of the West Virginia High School baseball and softball seasons on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10. Hit it into left field and that'll drop. Coming around is Siffert and the ball is going to slow up and he's going to score and Martinsburg's going to walk it off and get the win. We have over 25 games scheduled featuring the schools in the Eastern Panhandle Athletic Conference. We'll be live right here on Talk Radio WRNR, TV 10, and our WRNR TV YouTube page. You're tuned in to the Sports Mix with Spencer and Nick on Talk Radio WRNR 106.5 FM, AM 740, and TV 
Welcome back to this segment of the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10. Spencer, Nick, and Colin, happy to have you with us. We're producing on the TV 10 side for the very last time by our intern, Gerald Wright. Uh, found out this note the other night at, I guess it was Monday or Tuesday? Tuesday night at Martinsburg as uh, Martinsburg football assistant coach Chuck Lynch is uh, kind of the games op guy. He runs the scoreboard and the, and the PA for baseball. We are talking about football schedule a little bit, and he was he was telling me uh, that they have, I guess, years ago the ADs made a change to the schedule, but it didn't start until 2023. Talking to some other coaches over the last couple of days, uh, there was a lack of communication on when that started. So it teams, seems to be a lot of teams are getting screwed over this year scheduling-wise uh, because they're changing up the schedule. We saw last year, uh, you know, how it is Martinsburg and Musselman, for instance, they'll take, we'll, we'll start with Hedgesville, Washington. They play the first opening night of the, of the game or of the, of the season. They play Thursday night, the only game in town. And then the second week you see Martinsburg, Musselman matching up amongst, you know, some other early season matchups. Uh, that's not going to happen anymore. Uh, because the way that the ADs made, uh, I don't know how long ago this was, was not given a year date when they made this, but it's, it's scheduled to start in the fall of 2023 where you're going to a, a different scheduling style. All your conference games will be played on the back end of your schedule. And then the front, uh, the front end will be non-conference games. So kind of similar to how yeah, college football Very similar to more styles. of a college football style approach. And I, I agree, it's kind of screwing over the teams, unfortunately. Because to add another detail to this that was partially left out is it's only for the Eastern Panhandle Athletic Conference. Yes. This is not a statewide athletic director agreement. So non-conference games that the teams in the EPAC had scheduled for the second half of the season now has to be changed. And that is really challenging because obviously – if you want to reschedule those, they have to go at the beginning of the season now. But for those opponents, they most likely already had games scheduled at the beginning of the season that you're now trying to fill the weeks of. And it's just really caused a major flux for these teams. And it's going to be tough for a lot of them to potentially have to reschedule games. Yeah, that that's the issue, right? I don't think anybody really cares that much that they've decided to move all the conference games to the end of the year. That makes sense. That's how I always had my games get set up in high school is what our uh, non-conference games were at the beginning of the year, and then we got into conference play. Um, so, I mean, from that perspective, it makes sense. Yes. But it's mismanagement in terms of you didn't communicate this very well, so now all your coaches were scheduling – how you've been scheduling over the years and and now you're in a situation where you're going to have to either push back this decision which makes the most logical sense um or have everybody try to reschedule and scramble for games with you know just a few months before the season yeah that's really tough because now is the time in this next month window that usually finalized and coming out yeah if not some have already been done based upon how those schedule to your in advance these teams they potentially have to recreate half a schedule. Yeah. Now, that's obviously not the case for everybody. You could have some non-conference games that were already set for the beginning of the season that you're fine with. I'm just saying that is the maximum amount. Yeah. So, I mean, it's definitely not, you know, 
great management there by whatever had gone down. Maybe an athletic director can explain this to us, you know, give us a little bit better idea of what was proposed and, and how the negotiations or, or how I guess the uh, decision came to be decision came to be and it, if they were communicating with the coaches you know who is this because we've only heard the coaches side we haven't heard That's any true. AD side on this so if they want to reach out to us you know that'd be good to hear but I, I I mean it just seems like a based on what we've heard that this was you know a clear mishandling by the athletic directors and um, I think overall, you know, it, it's good. It makes sense uh, to have your more important games later in the season. I mean, in high school football, since there is no regional championship or anything like that or sectional tournaments, um, you know, the conference games don't matter necessarily more than the non-conference ones because they all matter and you need those points. But those are your guaranteed AAA games. So for some teams, they do matter more. It just depends on how you schedule um, if you're playing all triple A level teams, though, that that doesn't really matter that much. But it's definitely you know a weird situation, and uh, would like some clarity on this and and you know how many teams are greatly impacted by it as well. Yeah, and I know that uh, some some of this stuff has caused games to be dropped and and moving around, and it doesn't even just affect uh, you know teams that it affects teams that also have a brand new coach so it affects washington's new coach mm-hmm. I, I know that you know talking to one specific coach they were scheduled to play berkeley springs well berkeley springs uh the game that they were playing berkeley springs was during the conference schedule so they had the drop and the new coach he just they, they're not able to coordinate a time to you know schedule because their schedule is already done for their conference so everything is just kind of a, a mixed match right now and from the you know the coaches that i talked to they weren't happy about the way that it was going i mean it was. I think it was more of not. I think it was more the way that it happened. Like, hey, right. it's got to be this. Like, I mean, if you look at, for instance, you look at Musselman's schedule here in 2022. They started off against Spring Mills, then Martinsburg, then Jefferson, then they played out of state against Sherando, played home against Morgantown, had their bye week the end of September, Hedgesville, it's open open October, then Wheeling Park, then Washington. So their last conference game was on ten twenty one, and that was what I think was that week. There's still two more weeks after that. Yeah, you just listed off three conference games at the beginning of the season that now have to shift down to your final five weeks of the season somewhere in there. Yeah. That, that's tough. Yeah. Especially if you had contracts with teams at the bottom part of that schedule that were non-conference games. Yeah, it's definitely a, it's just a weird situation. It is like why wasn't this no. communicated mm-hmm. better to the coaches? Um, because typically, you know, this wouldn't even be really a topic on our show. It's like okay, they're going to play the games at the end of the season now. Like they're still playing the same teams. Yeah. Um, I mean, it, we would maybe talk about how we would miss the Washington Hedgesville kickoff because I think that's a fun game. You know, it puts them in the spotlight. Two programs that are and they love not it. necessarily in the spotlight that often. So. Um, you know, it's a good way to start off the year, but you know, that change is there now. And, and you were saying Spencer, that there is still going to be a Thursday game. That's conference though, to be in the season or I don't know that to be okay. true. Okay. I don't that know. Just a rumor. Uh, there's a lot that like is not, is still unclear with a lot of this. I do believe there is a game according to max preps for the 2023, you know, how much we do believe for max preps. I'd have to reach out. I have yet to do that to Coach Hunter. 
Uh, but it does say Jefferson is slated to play Sharando out of Virginia at Sharando on Thursday, 831. Okay, that, I think that makes sense, game. though. I think that makes sense because, um, if I remember correctly, Sharando, that's the weekend of Labor or Labor Day. Virginia yes. doesn't like to do Friday games that they, for some reason, I remember when I, I was in high school, they did Thursday games. Uh, but I don't know if that's what was specifically being referred to. But there were some other games being floated around. But uh, these on max preps, these, obviously they're not 100% legit because things have had to be moved around uh, here, and, here and there. And not even, none of these, of all the teams on max preps, none of them have filled out a full 10 games. So I don't know if that's just because they haven't gotten to it yet. They haven't gotten into it yet, or what it may be if it actually has to do with the scheduling or not. But you know, I, you know, max preps is something that you kind of just you don't go by per se. You but you still look, go to. You go to. You don't necessarily go by. None of their schedules have been submitted to the SSAC. I've checked on that it's like website. Wikipedia. <laughs> You're not really supposed to use it as like your number one source. That's but, a good but it's that's, the easiest I, I way like that. Yeah. to find information. And anybody can change it yeah. and submit things like <laughs> Wikipedia. Yeah. So Max Preps is the Wikipedia for high school sports. Yeah, but uh, no more early season conference games here in the EPAC as that'll change some scheduling things. As uh, Yeah, that, that moves a lot of games around uh, when you look at the grand scheme of things of all the games being played early in the year. If you are a head coach and you want you have some clarity to this or a, an AD listening, uh, you know, shoot us a text message, shoot us an email, and we'll be happy to you know hear what everything was about because I'm only hearing certain conversations. I just thought that that was a key thing to bring up on the show because that changed the complexion of what people know here over the last few years in the Eastern Panhandle of where when and where games were played. Yeah, it's definitely going to be an adjustment uh, for fans of the teams and for parents and everybody as, as well. I mean, the parents are obviously their kids on the team, so they have somewhat of an idea of what's going on, uh, you would think. But, you know, for fans that are just, you know, big high school football fans, you know, you're used to maybe some certain matchups early in the season, like Washington Hedgesville, and now that game is not going to be played in week one on yeah. a Thursday. Unless something's changed. Who right. knows? Who, Who knows, knows what's going to happen? But uh, that will do it for this segment of the Sports Mix, brought to you in part by Hagerstown Ford, revolutionizing the car buying experience. Go to HagerstownFord.com for more. When we come back, we'll wrap things up. It's uh, Gerald's last segment with us as he is done with his internship as of 1 p.m. this afternoon. So uh, we'll talk. We'll uh, kind of finish things out with him. We'll talk March Madness. That was a I don't know if anybody else watched it, but I was up late last night. I did watch the end of that Gonzaga game. Very entertaining. Uh, happy Gonzaga won because they are in my bracket to win the championship. So hopefully they can keep on rolling in March Madness. We'll talk about that when we get back and wrap things up. You're tuned in to the Friday, March 21st, fourth edition of the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRN 210. Back in two minutes. This is Eric at Hagerstown Ford. Over the last decade, the way we buy things have evolved. Now, you get on your phone, click Want It, and it shows up at your front door. At Hagerstown Ford, it is that convenient. We've changed the car buying experience on the I-81 corridor forever. And with a return policy better than Walmart, there's absolutely no reason to buy a newer used car, truck, or SUV anywhere else. Just like Amazon, Hagerstown Ford will deliver the vehicle to you, where you are. 
and on your time. And if you don't want it, return it. No questions asked. Why waste your time at a car dealership playing the dumb back and forth games? Besides, we hate it more than you do. I assure you, no dealership from Winchester, Virginia to Washington, D.C. will beat our price. No dealership from Chambersburg, Pennsylvania to Baltimore, Maryland will beat our price. And no other dealership will allow you to return it if you don't want it. Hagerstown Ford absolutely provides the best experience at the best price. Visit HagerstownFord.com to schedule your VIP experience. Click on the vehicle you want and get your new ride delivered to you at no risk. See dealer for details. Ever try to collect on an insurance claim? Perhaps a homeowner's claim, auto accident, or fire? Insurance companies collect money from you for protection should something bad happen. And when it does, they don't want to pay or they offer too little. At Mansion Ferretti, we have an attorney who worked defending insurance companies and knows they play to deny or lowball your claim. Call us today for help in getting what you really deserve. Mansion Ferretti, when you need justice. If you or someone you know suffers from the disease of addiction, help is available from the Berkeley County Quick Response Team with peer recovery coaches and support promptly to the homes of those who've recently experienced an overdose. This collective effort towards recovery brings resources and services to the community, including naloxone and treatment options. Call 304-267-1313 or visit the Berkeley County Recovery Resource Center, 400 West Stephen Street, Martinsburg. The Berkeley County Quick Response Team is funded through a DHHR grant with the Berkeley Morgan County Health Department. Now, back to the sports mix with Spencer and Nick on Talk Radio WRNR 106.5 FM, AM 740, and TV 10. Welcome back to this final segment of the Sports Mix for your March 24th, 2023. Brought to you in part by the Marius Group and Ameriprise Financial Advisors, John Everson and Phil McCoy. Stop by 1270 Winchester Avenue in Martinsburg or call 304-263-4343. Spencer, Nick, and Colin, happy to have you with us here. Our intern, Gerald Wright's final segment for his internship as we wish him well here in about eight minutes or seven minutes or so. Uh, but let's talk March Madness as uh, there's two pretty good games last night and uh, I guess technically three good games. One was not really good at all. It was it was a blowout, a uh, 23-point victory. Uh, but the first the game last night that I was talking about, 23-point victory, number four, UConn, all over number eight, Arkansas, 88-65. Not a shocker there. I think we all predicted UConn to win that game. We thought UConn would win, but I think everybody figured it would be a closer game than that. So that was a shocker. Uh, Arkansas, you know, just knocked off Kansas. So it wouldn't have even been super surprising if they knocked off UConn based on how they've been playing as of late. But the fact that they lost by 23 points, uh, that was not what I saw. Sometimes coming. teams just get stuck on cloud nine and forget to come back down and refocus yeah that's I mean, honestly the case it and matchups too uconn's a different style team than kansas mm-hmm. and, and sometimes you run into just a matchup where you're not quite on the same pace i think in the ncaa tournament especially when you're an underdog uh, you can't really get stuck on cloud nine because you, you got to look at it each game as well we're underdogs so we really have nothing to be confident about or overconfident about i should say heading into this game against uconn uh, but you know, UConn's got some good size and, and stuff like that, so maybe that really made the difference. I didn't get to watch the game, though. We saw more madness in March as the number four seed Tennessee went down as number nine Florida Atlantic won 
Uh, it was a five-point lead at halftime and then a 40. It was a low-scoring first half, 27 and 22, respectively. Uh, then it was a 40-point outburst in the first half for the FAU Owls. They move on to the Elite Eight. Yeah, FAU has proven that they uh, deserve that nine seed despite a pretty weak uh, schedule overall. You know, nobody really too challenging that they beat. Uh, but, you know, they've done well in the tournament. Uh Definitely got you know a little bit lucky with that second round matchup of Fairy Fairly Dickinson, um, but you know they've continued to be a Cinderella team and were able to upset Tennessee last night. Who the East has just been you know the most uh, I guess crazy crazy region yeah. bad region if you will madness uh, region upset region yeah region of death I, I don't know but it it's good for FA. They are this year's Cinderella, and I think everybody's Princeton's mind. Even still though in there. that's true, Princeton still has a chance to continue that run, but a lot of people still are picking against them, and including me, I, I don't think they get it done. Uh, but FAU uh, has a shot now. I mean, a nine seed. I don't even know if a nine seed has a nine seed been to a Final Four. Or just. Hmm. Not South won a Carolina, national championship. I believe was an eight. I know they haven't won a national champ. A nine seed has never won a national championship. When they made the final four, not too long ago, but I think they were an eight seed, not a nine. But they could have been a nine. I mean, obviously, I know there's been seeds that are higher than nine. I believe what George Mason was a eleven. I think Syracuse a few years ago when they made it were a ten. But VCU, VCU. So yeah, it's doable. They have a chance. All right, well, an exciting matchup last night as uh, number three, Kansas State, kind of get over there, Nick? Yeah, just had to. Headset rolled off the head. the headset off. I was about to say, is the final old headset going to need to be replaced with <laughs> no. a new one now? Number it's three. The only one still standing. Kansas State. the ear. There's this whole thing. Number three, Kansas State uh, overcame uh, Michigan State at number seven. They won 98-93 in overtime. That was a big win. And then uh, – uh, Gonzaga technically gets the upset, a 79-76 victory over as the number three seed over the number two seed, UCLA. Here's Ryan Ranke's call uh, from CBS, from the Westwood One Network. Or, yeah, for Westwood One Network. We'll get it in. Salas picks it up. Clock starts. 11 seconds. Salas across the timeline. Pitch it back. Strother. Deep three from the top of the key. Got it! Seven seconds left. Campbell on the run. Into the front court. Drives the right side. Stripped away. Strother's got it. Fouled with 1.1 to go. The Vegas native pulls up from deep and puts Gonzaga in the lead and then gets a steal at the other end. Strother walking, staring into the crowd. What a shot by Strother, who has had a tough night with his heels and the March Madness logo, drills a three. And with one point one. Gonzaga wins. They were cutting it close there, uh, but they'll move on to the Elite Eight. Looking at the other Sweet 16 matchups tonight 630 TBS, number five, San Diego State against number one, Alabama, number five, Miami versus number one, Houston. That's at 7.15 at 9 p.m. Number 15, Princeton against number 6, Creighton at 9.45. Number 3, Xavier versus number 2, Texas. That's a slate for tonight. You can hear it all on Talk Radio WRNR from Westwood One Sports. Uh, Guys, what are you looking forward to about tonight's Sweet 16 matchups and then what it would potentially look like in the Elite Eight over the weekend? 
I'm looking forward most to Xavier, Texas, because my sister uh, goes to Xavier and is heading down to the game, and we got some family in Texas, too, so the trash talk's been going on all week. All right, what do we think about, quickly, this Florida-Atlanta-Kansas State game and then the UConn-Gonzaga game set for tomorrow? Uh, I think K-State wins, and I think UConn gives Gonzaga a good battle, but I'm going to go with Drew Timmy. Drew Timmy all the way. Yeah, Drew Timmy now has the record for most 20-plus point games in NCAA tournament history with 10. All right, well, that will do it for this edition of the Sports Mix. And, Gerald, have a great – thanks for having us as your internship, and uh, salute, man. Appreciate it. All right, for Gerald Wright, one final time. Nick Verzellini, Colin McLaughlin, I'm Spencer Pui saying so long. We'll talk to you on another edition of the Sports Mix Monday at 12.08. Have a great weekend, everyone. Support our local community and local news, local weather, and local sports. Talk Radio, WRNR Martinsburg, Hedgesville, Falling Waters.